welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. As you can tell, we're recording uh, within government regulations and we've been tracking that every week. It's been different every week for the last four weeks or so and um, we're just making uh, the best of challenging scenarios. So appreciative to our musos and our, our tech people figuring out the right audio, visual uh, equipment and recordings and you know how we how we do it all and like I said making sure we're all you know physically distancing when appropriate you might see a married couple like Ruth and myself we're allowed to get close and now it's Easter and I love that song talking about victory because that is very much the Easter message about Jesus having victory over death over sin and I want to talk more about that and uh, why don't we uh, come around God's word I want to read uh, two main passages. The first one is from Matthew 28. And this is, of course, the resurrection passage uh, that Matthew records. It says in verse 1, After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Wow, what a moment. What, what an historical moment incredible event this was and coupled with the crucifixion just a few days earlier this is the pinnacle of human history this is the game changer for humankind because Jesus had provided a way the only way that was needed uh, possible his his sacrifice was the only perfect sacrifice ever for all our sin for the whole world and he did that by his death on the cross and so in doing that, he made a way for us to be forgiven, for the barrier that exists between us and God to be broken so that we can come into a relationship with God, with our heavenly Father. We become his children. We become part of his family. And now, through the resurrection, Jesus broke the power of death. So he paved a way for us to have eternal life. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, you hear that term, oh, eternal life, eternal life. But just stop and consider what that really means. You know, we're all trying to figure out our life here on earth and, you know, concerns at the moment about health and tragically some people have lost their lives. But hey, if you follow Jesus, you've not, really not lost a lot. 
you just pass on into eternal, better, richer, heavenly life. And, uh, and so it's, it's not, that's why the Bible says, death, where is your sting? <laughs> there's no sting left because of what Jesus did on it on the very first Easter. There's no, there's no terrible, you know, there's, there's sadness and I've done plenty of funerals and they're all sad. Uh, but the best ones are when it's just sad because we'll see you later. Till we meet again. Thank you, Queen Elizabeth. Um, and so Jesus proved in this act of being raised from the dead, he proved who he said he was. He had said he was the son of God and that he had come to earth for a special assignment to redeem and save mankind. And, uh, and, and now he's, he's proven that and he's victorious over everything. Uh, nothing could defeat him, in, including death. And that's a daunting big deal for us as natural people. We can't stop death. There's nothing we can do to prevent it. People have tried, you know, the elixir of life, search for the, you know, searching for eternal youth and all throughout history. Alchemists, chemists, people have tried to come up with something that will help them live forever. Uh, you know, cryogenics, freeze your brain or your body and then they say it's just mushy and it won't work but you know everyone's trying for something well here it is Jesus has broken the power of death and here's the real big deal Jesus is alive today and not just alive up in heaven just on his own he is alive today inside the hearts of everyone who will believe in him because the spirit the Holy Spirit called the spirit of Christ comes to live in us this is pretty cool. And so Jesus didn't just go and die and like an historical figure, um, you know, leave a legacy of, uh, you know, wise teaching and then that's it. No, no. He is seated today in heaven alongside the Father. And through the Holy Spirit, he lives in us. And whenever someone comes to him, repents, turns away from living life on their own, they come into an experience of his life being planted in them. We, it's being called, it's called being born again, and uh, and so we get a brand new way to live. and uh, And I want you to think about that with me this morning. Just what that looks like to have the life of Jesus inside us. This person here, who supernaturally rose from the dead, now lives supernaturally in the life of anyone who will follow him. And what does that mean for us today? Because it, it can be and should be life-changing. And so let's have a look at that. It certainly was life-changing to the early disciples. Because um, just seven weeks after what we just read then, the resurrection, uh, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus is now ascended to heaven and he sends the Holy Spirit who anoints these early disciples to be part of the birthing of the church. And the Holy Spirit empowers them and anoints them and moves through them. And of course, one of them, you may know, stood up and preached a message and talked about Jesus. And he's filled with this resurrection of life of Jesus that I'm talking about. And he spoke like he had never spoken before. And 2,000 people were saved, born again into the kingdom of God. Thousands and thousands of people. And of course, that is Peter, uh, the apostle. And, uh, of course, he contributed much in the early church. He went on and travelled and, and uh, taught. And as the church grew and spread, he influenced different places. And then many years later, he sat down and he wrote some letters. But they weren't ordinary letters like others 
he was chosen by God, anointed by God to write under the inspiration of God. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And so he wrote these divinely inspired letters, sent them out to the local churches, but they were kept and God's allowed them to be part of what we have as our Bible, the canon of scripture, the theologians call it. And so I want to look at one of those passages because it's still relevant to us and the church today. So Peter wrote 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, and he's talking and reflecting on the resurrection that, you know, we just read that passage and he was about to see and meet with Jesus back then. Years later, he writes this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. And this inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. See, we're not the first people in history who have suffered trials and suffered grief and suffered loss and suffered challenges. They had it back in the first century BC. And if you look at the pandemics that have hit the earth before, uh, there's been some pretty tough times for many different generations. But what Peter is talking about is this resurrection power of Jesus, the life that comes from Christ in us, helping us to survive tough times. To He says, you can greatly rejoice even though you're facing tough times. This is a theme that comes through the New Testament all the time, that no matter what you face, you can be rejoicing, you can be full of joy, all because of the life that's in us. And so this resurrection of Jesus, look at verse 3 again. It says... Uh, In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So you can live with hope. You have this brand new life. Uh, There's a freshness. And and, and, and notice that our, our life in Christ, it starts all over again. When you come to Christ, you know, people sometimes get caught up with the past and troubled by their past, but you get a clean slate. A a fresh beginning, a brand new start, and that life, as I said, goes on forever. It's not like, well, I'll I'll put up with this life and then I get the eternal life starting. No, no, it says you've got an inheritance right now. It can't perish, it's spoil or fade. There's a home in heaven waiting for you. And so you're not just playing a waiting game wondering, oh, one day life will be worth living and I'll go to heaven and till then I just sort of suffer and I'm miserable. No, no, no. We have the life of God in us now. Eternal life starts now, starts today. And the Holy Spirit and His gifts and His fruit and His power lives in you. And I want to encourage you and and challenge you if you're a believer in Christ to appreciate what this means, to see how you can apply this to your life, especially in these difficult times. There's some darkness around. There's a lot of fear and worry. And Christian people, it's time to shine our light, to be expressing the hope that we have living in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so we've, we've got the life of God in us. We just got to let it out. And so, um, you know, the direction of our life, uh, the, the enjoyment of our life, the purpose of our life, none of that is dependent 
on the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And, and they're only really dependent on the presence and the person of God who is inside us. And so what I'm saying is we get to live from the inside out, not from the outside in, not letting external situations or circumstances determine what's going on inside my heart, what sort of thoughts are going through my mind. Because the stuff that's going on the outside, the noise of the media, the things people say and do, the circumstances we're in, the current COVID-19 crisis that we're facing, none of that has to distress you or uh, depress you or, or, or derail or, or destabilise you from your journey, your purpose, your calling in life. You can stay on track because the life of God is on the inside. And that's more powerful than anything else that's going on on the outside. And now, of course, that's easier said than done. You know, that, that's uh, their, their words, but living it out is the challenge. Because what is easy is to allow the stuff that's going on the outside to affect how we feel on the inside. Timothy Keller talked about this. He wrote a few years ago this. Most people base their inner life on their outward circumstances. Their inner peace is based on other people's valuation of them, on their social status, their prosperity, or their performance. Christians do this as much as anyone. The Bible, however, teaches that for believers, it should be the other way around. Otherwise, we will be whiplashed by how things are going on in the world. Well, how pertinent that is to what is going on in the world at the moment. There's plenty of whiplash about in other words, heads are spinning about how 2020 has turned out. No one would have expected to be having Easter in 2020 the way we are, with a global pandemic and all its repercussions. Although one man did write about this some years ago. I read this last week about Peter May. He's an author from Scotland, and he wrote a dystopian novel back in 2005, 15 years ago, and he called it lockdown. And he had observed and got a hold of some uh, British uh, government right, uh, documents that were preparing for uh, a kind of a, a pandemic. They had had uh, the bird flu had, had been around and they had wondered what would happen if things got out of hand. And so he got a hold of these documents and let his imagination run wild. And so he, um, he set this novel in London. And in the story, officials there force people to stay in their homes under a lockdown because of a global pandemic. But get this, the publishers rejected it because it was too implausible. They said this is too unrealistic. And so he just put it on the shelf. And then recently, a fan of his on Twitter sent him a message and said, look, with all this coronavirus going on as the backdrop, you should write a novel. And he wrote, yeah, I thought about it for a minute and I thought, that's a good idea. And then I realised, I've kind of done that already. And so he said, I told my publisher about it. My editor just fell out of the chair. He read the entire book overnight and the next morning he said, this is brilliant. We will publish this straight away. And so it's on um, only in the UK, on, on Kindle in the UK, but maybe it'll, it'll go. Uh, he said it was kind of creepy to see how things had played out just as he had imagined. So now we all get to live in our very own dystopian, <laughs> disturbing novel. Isn't that exciting? Um, but there's no need to panic, no need to fear, no need to stress because the person, the presence and the power of 
the resurrected Christ lives inside you. And you can live with peace and joy and strength and resilience and hope regardless of external circumstances because Jesus is on the inside. Jesus is your rock. He is our living water. He's the light of life. He's the bread of life. He's our good shepherd. He's the true vine that we abide in and are connected to. And he's the resurrection and the life. And so when you read the gospel accounts of the life of Jesus, you see in his life that his purpose, his direction, it was never affected by the surrounding circumstances. On one hand, he had terrible criticism. Sometimes he had adulation, but neither of them really derailed his course of his life. And then, of course, he had death threats, and then he saw those threats actually carried out. He was tortured, he was crucified, yet right up to the death on the cross, he didn't let anything on the outside on, on, on the outside uh, affect what was happening on the inside, what he was determined to do, the fulfilment of his mission, what he wanted to uh, achieve, his obedience to God, his sense of internal peace. And all through the trials and the temptations and the trauma, he was unshaken because he lived from the inside out. And that is a message for us. His life is a model for us to follow, to live as he did, to love people the way he did, to obey God the way he did, to follow truth and the purpose that God's got for your life, to die to yourself, to lose your life. The Bible says, take up your own cross just as Christ did. And then, of course, to rise again with the resurrection power that he gives us. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever you face, you can face with this life, with this power on the inside. If you have, I mentioned before, some people worry about the past. You're feeling guilty from sin or, or, or racked with shame or con condemnation. Well, the passage we just read said you've been given new life, new hope through the resurrection of Jesus. So if you've repented from sin, you've turned to Christ, then you can leave that guilt in the past. You can leave condemnation behind. There's none of that in Christ. What about the coronavirus? What about my health? Well, let me read you this passage from Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And so there's the resurrection power again in your body, helping you to live in health. What about what's going on in the world? What about the future? What about my work and finances and provision? Well, Again, Jesus has something to say about that. You know, in uh, uh, John 16, verse 33, he said, Oh, yeah, you will have trouble in this world, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And so again, we carry those messages and his person and his power and his life in us into the world. In this time, nothing needs to shake us too much. And so we carry this. This is the Easter message. We carry it for ourselves, but let's also carry it to others. You know, bring the hope that people are looking for out into people's lives. You might not be connecting the same way physically, but we're still connecting online and whatever you're, uh, however you're connecting with people, help them make that connection to God by your witness and share what he's done in your life and, uh, and let the resurrection power of Jesus go with you wherever you go.
hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Remember